Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you all are doing well today as you're listening to this wherever you are. I have got to be honest with you guys. I am freaking burnt out. I am tired. I am mentally, physically, emotionally just like out of juice, which I'm so grateful I have this weekend to recharge. I have absolutely no plans this weekend. And as I've you know, gotten to adulthood, I've realized how unbelievably just orgasmic it is to have no plans. And I'm one of those people though, where I don't trust myself with having no plans because I feel like when I have no plans, I will scramble to find plans, you know, because I have this weird fear of being idle. I just can't sit still. I don't know what that means or what that says about me, but I feel extremely insecure when I don't have something to do or something going on. And I don't know what it is. It's not that I'm afraid of what other people will think. I think it's more so I'm afraid to have too much time to myself to overthink because those are the moments that I get sad where when I get sad is when I have too much time to think. So hopefully... Everyone, cross your fingers and toes for me that I can have an idle weekend. And you you can as well, like on your end as well, if you're one of those people that is very similar to me in this. I hope we can both have weekends where we're not like fidgeting in our seats as we're trying to relax because we want to do something that we deem productive. I think it's been one of those upward crawls for me to accept that doing nothing can be productive because I just don't take nearly as many brain breaks as I used to. In college, I feel like I did it all the time and I wasn't insecure about it because a lot of my friends just kind of sat around and didn't do anything. And it was just like the college culture. It was fine. It was one of those things where we were like hungover all the time. And when you're hungover all the time, you're allowed to just sit around and eat Chinese food and whatever. When I was visiting my sister this past weekend, she is a senior in college. She's 21. I can't believe it. I feel like an, a mom or something. Like time absolutely flies. She's about to graduate in May. I can't believe it. But when I was visiting her this past weekend, I realized number one, how completely over college I am. I'm just like over it. I'm over the severe lack of freedom because I feel like, okay, let me rephrase that. 
I feel college students have a lot of freedom in some ways, but are completely treated like children in other ways. Like my sister is 21. She can drink legally. She can do many things legally. And yet I felt like even her age group seniors were treated like children because obviously a lot of crazy things happen in college, a lot of tragedy, a lot of like really unfortunate things happen. And so they have to be careful and cover their bases, especially this like large public school. But I noticed like we had this like tailgate situation because they're a big game day school. My college was not like that. We went to a game. It was really cool to see like the student section and like this like, you know, school pride that I didn't have. But leading up to that, there was this like tailgate situation in this place called the frat lots, like fraternity lots. And each fraternity had like a tent with all their people in there. And it was really fun because it was parents weekend. So like there was like parents, alumni, like all sorts of things. There was a lot of energy, but I noticed like you had to, there was all these hoops you had to jump through to get to this like frat tent situation, which like seemingly would be just like a very casual thing because fraternities are like, yeah, whatever, come over. Like they're not super rigorous with their planning. And yet there was all these hoops. Like my dad was the most pissed about it because we had to go in, we had to buy tickets and then you could use the tickets to get alcohol. And it was only beer and wine. They didn't have liquor because liquor like makes kids do crazy things. So there's like all these restrictions. My sister couldn't even post photos. Like I could not post photos of my sister where she was holding alcohol. And I'm like, she's 21 years old. Like what? This is crazy. So in that regard, I realized that college very much like wants to treat their kids like they are adults, like make them figure out their lives in four years and have their major lockdown and figure out their career and all this stuff. Like colleges think that they're really preparing people for the real world and yet they still treat them like children. It's so interesting to me. So while I was there, I was like, okay, I missed New York where, you know, (laughs) people are looking less at you and judging you for your age. People don't even care how old you are here really for the most part. It's like, okay, you're a working professional. Awesome. You can drink. Awesome. You can take pictures. Awesome. You can do really anything that is legal, which is basically everything now. So it was just interesting. Gave me a lot of food for thought. Really by Sunday, I was so ready to get back to the city and my adult life. I was very over the constant bender of college, the drama. Like my sister is definitely the least dramatic person that I know in that age range. And yet like she unintentionally was involved in so many dramatic situations at college. Just like he said, she said dramas because my sister is very much one of the people that her friends go to for advice and like to have like a sounding board when they're in a fight with someone, which love that about her. I'm very much the same way I feel. And it can be super exhausting. Like I was exhausted for her that she had to deal with all of this drama and would unintentionally get involved. And I'm like, oh my God, I crave the real world again, because that is one thing I will say ever since coming to the city after college, I've realized how I've really narrowed my friend group to a group where I don't feel we have drama. If we have issues, we talk about it. (laughs) We, I don't know, don't go behind each other's backs and we're upfront. So in that regard, I was like, get me back to my real life. But then as I was sitting down and like, completing my to-dos for the week and just getting into the nitty-gritty of the end of quarter three, which is when we're in right now and gearing up for quarter four. Like Even influencers care about this stuff. It's very stressful with a lot of campaigns. I'm doing a lot of freelancing stuff that's due. 
I was sitting here like my head was spinning and I'm like, what's worse being in college where they treat you like you're a child and you have drama swirling it every moment of the day and you're hungover and you don't know what the heck you're doing with your life times a million or sitting here now in New York City where I feel secure in many elements gratefully. So like I'm very happy to be secure in many areas of my life, but also still not really knowing what the heck I'm doing because I don't think that ever goes away. I think you will always kind of have this semblance or this hint of like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm kind of just winging it. I don't think that ever goes away. I was talking to kids at college with my sister's friends and they were like, you know, how do you feel working for yourself? People are amazed when I told them that I work for myself. And I know when I, when people hear that, they're like, wow, that's so crazy. You can plan your own schedule. And I'm like, yes. And I can over plan my schedule. I can wait, you know, do way too many things and overdo it. So it comes with responsibility that I haven't quite figured out yet, to be honest with you. And I feel like that feeling of not knowing what you're doing never really fully goes away. And I think I'm one of those people that also believes that I don't want it to ever go away because if I'm too secure in what I'm doing, I'm going to be bored. I'm going to be not growing whatsoever. I'm just going to be stagnant. And I feel like that's scarier for me than having a little ounce of fear. I think life is having a bit of fear at all times, but manageable fear, maybe fear isn't the right word, kind of um, insecurity maybe. I don't know. Just not being able to predict the future because no one can, literally no one can. People think they can based on past events. And to some extent, you can kind of predict the future based on past events. But with the way that technology is evolving and the way that human interaction is increasing, like the way that we can literally interact with so many people, so many messages every minute, the future is completely unpredictable. No one can tell you what's going to happen in your life, in society. It's crazy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So anyway, um, that was a tangent. I'm very much so just overwhelmed, <laughs> but I was just thinking about being in college again this weekend about which is, which is worse, <laughs> which one would I rather both in places of total privilege. So I am very grateful to have the stress that I have because the stress that I have is definitely, it pales in comparison to the stress of other people that have less opportunities than I do for many reasons. So anyway, just wanted to unpack the weekend in the first part of this episode and just chat with you guys about my current life mood because I feel I always take a page out of history in every episode and I do plan on telling a little story towards the end. Um, that is from history, obviously, because I just can't keep away. I have so many stories up my sleeve that I want to share, but I think it's also important just to like level with you guys and tell you what my current life is like, because one day this will be history. (laughs) One day I'll hopefully be sharing these podcasts with my kids and they will hear what their mom sounded like in her mid twenties, just trying to figure it out. (laughs) So 
I do. Okay. I guess the first thing I wanted to say, I wrote down a few little bullet points, no real notes, but bullet points. I have a new podcast that I started with my two best friends, Adam and Colby. You guys have probably heard their names mentioned by me at some point in time. My gay best friend, Adam, my GBF, um, the Stanford to my carry, rest in peace. Um, and Colby, my friend from college. So we, Colby and I met sophomore year of college. She freshman year went to university of Alabama, huge school. And while she did like it there, she wanted a smaller school vibe. So somehow, I don't know, I actually have not asked her how she figured out about what Elon was. That's where I went to school, 6,000 kids, small campus, but she somehow figured it out. And, you know, we became sorority sisters when she transferred because she was a Zeta at University of Alabama and transferred in. And essentially what we do, if you've you know, not been in a sorority, you do like this blind vote. So if someone transfers in and is already a Zeta sister somewhere else, we essentially had her come in, stand in the front of the chapter, give a little speech, which is so awkward. Now that I think about it, I would die if I had to stand in front of a chapter of like all these girls and talk about myself. It's kind of crazy what we had to do in a sorority. A lot of it toxic, but you know, it's, it's over now it's done and done and done. But anyway, so she came into the front of our chapter one day and gave a little spiel and we all had to put our heads down and like, it was kind of like heads up, seven up. Like we had to put our hands up if we wanted her in the chapter. And obviously like no one had a problem with it. Like we weren't super clicky, honestly. Some people might disagree with that, but I don't feel like we were super clicky. Um, And Colby seemed super sweet. And so we were like, yeah, of course. Like it was a unanimous vote. I don't believe she ever got one no vote. I don't even know. I obviously wasn't calculating the votes because I was a sophomore. I was a lowly sophomore, had just gotten into the sorority like a year prior, but I thought I was the coolest person ever. I think I thought I was the coolest of my four years, sophomore year. I had a huge head because I was living in the sorority house, which was only 12 girls. I felt really cool for like the first time in my life because high school was hell for me. And so, yeah, anyway, she got into the chapter and we became friends because we had a love that we shared for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and she would go to Chick-fil-A drive through with me at random times during the day. I would swoop in and pick her up in my snazzy car, my snazzy Jeep Wrangler that I miss so much. And we would hang out and chat and whatever. And from there, we became very close friends. I would say me, Adam, and Colby. Colby, Adam, and I became this like dynamic trio of course, with our other friends, but we, us three, because we're all single, we're all super available (laughs) to get dinner with during the week. We became super close friends. And now we have our own podcast. Crazy. I know. We have all these conversations like on a weekly, like daily basis. And I'm like, guys, sometimes I stop us mid conversation. And I'm like, what would happen if we just recorded these conversations and put them on the internet? And Adam will always say, he's like, but Katie, we'd get canceled. (laughs) I mean, he says that as like a joke because we can be super blunt sometimes with our opinions. And there are certainly things on the internet that I have steered away from being like, this is exactly how I feel. I am so firm in this belief because I want there to be room for other people's opinions. But I think the issue that I come across or I've realized in myself is by sharing your opinion, you're not necessarily saying other people's opinions aren't valid. And I think that people that don't agree with your opinions should feel that way as well. They should be like, oh, you think this way about dating. You think this way about 
going on dating apps and like saying this thing and you don't agree with this other perspective, that does not mean I cannot have another perspective. That does not mean I can like I am fully here. I hear other people's comments and opinions, but I think that there would be so many more opinion uh, sharers, I guess, in the world if they weren't so afraid of, um, you know, not uh, they wouldn't be so courteous to leave so much room for interpretation. Um, I think sometimes it's it's brave, it's courageous to just speak your mind and also commit to the idea that your opinion might change. Like you can think this one thing you can, this has happened to me. I've had an opinion on something. I have spoken with people that don't agree with me. And sometimes my opinion has changed. Sometimes it is not. And honestly, I have close friends, Adam and Colby included, that I do not agree with on everything and they don't agree with me on everything. And that is friendship, everyone. If you are only surrounding yourself with people that are just like you, that believe in the same things that you do, that think the exact same way you do, how do you ever expect to grow? Yep, I said it. So anyway, we started a podcast. It's called Match Made in Manhattan. Um, Match Made for short. We're going to kind of just refer to it as Match Made because... I love alliteration. Am I okay? I can't even say alliteration. I know match made in Manhattan is alliteration, but it's just kind of long. And I believe there's actually, so after we came up with this, did the cover art, put it on the podcast app and everything, I did some like back end research. I had this like panic moment at two in the morning the night before we launched. And I was like, there's gotta be someone that's done this before that like has used this name. Like it's definitely not original. And I did some research and I found out that there was this woman that wrote a book like five years ago with the name Match Made in Manhattan. So I'm frantically texting Adam and Colby. I know it wasn't a podcast, but still in like the the realm of like words and speech. So I texted them and I'm like, SOS, we need to change the name. And then Adam did this lengthy trademark background search and made sure that it was legal for us to use this name. I mean, we're at the point where we're not even monetizing it or anything. It's just for fun. Um, so if she reaches out to us, we will have a conversation about it. But in the meantime, Match Made is a podcast <laughs> and that is it. I mean, I'm sure there are other thick and thin podcasts out there too and books. Words are so funny, like how you can own a word or a phrase, like you can buy it and own it and people have to pay you. It's so interesting. I, I always tell my dad this, like it's it's also interesting with land. I talk to my dad about this stuff, like because we, my hometown, like I live on a river and there's so many rules about what you can build on the river, which I understand a lot of that it has to do with the environment and not leading to more erosion and environmental challenges and such. But it's just bonkers to me. Like there was this whole drama, guys, in my neighborhood in Maryland with this guy that wanted to. So, OK, wait, he moved into a house and it had a dock OK, on the back of the house, had a dock. Then when you buy a house, you have to have it inspected. The inspector comes in and is like, that dock is illegal. Like the person that built it there did it sneaky before selling the house. Like didn't ask anyone, didn't pay, didn't like get someone to come in and tell him if it was legal. And he just did it like sneaky, did it in the middle of the night, almost sprang up this dock out of nowhere. So the property value would go up and someone would pay more for his house. So when this new owner comes in and buys the house assumes they're going to be able to have their boat in the backyard and is told that they need to take out the dock or else they'll get fined a million dollars or something. 
He pitched an absolute fit. I would be disappointed as well if I had this idea, like it was there, literally a brand spank a new dock in the backyard, ready for my boat to be docked on it. And this guy was like, no, you have to take it down. I'd be pissed. But it's just interesting to me how people can own like the right to tell you whether you can build or not. And like state lines, that cracks me up too. I'm like, who decided that this is where this state ends and this is where this state begins? Like there's one point on the the road trip that I did um, last summer where we were straddling two states because, and people would like park at this very spot. I don't remember which two states it was. So they could put one foot on one side and one foot on the other. So they could be like, I'm in two states at once. Like funny to me. Ownership. What an interesting thing. Anyway, so we started this podcast. It's called Match Made in Manhattan for now. Match Made Podcast. We have an Instagram attached to it. Colby's running the Instagram. Adam does all the keywords and like helps with topics. I obviously record or we record together and I edit it because that's what I love doing. And each episode is going to have a theme. It's going to be all about like relationships, but broadly, broad, like relationships as a term, like a broad term, not just romantic stuff. Our first episode is about dating apps and like virtual dating texting, getting on a date, like all the the buildup, all the steps that you have to follow to get to a date, like matching on a dating app, texting the person, all that stuff. And like our opinions on red flags and deal breakers and stuff. So that's our first episode, but we're planning our second episode now. And it's going to be about making friends in a new place or like how to make friends in your twenties, thirties, like after you're out of college, like undergrad, like, how do you make friends? Because I feel it's one of those things people just assume you know how to do, but it's not a taught skill, you know, unless you have, like, if you're moving somewhere brand new and your college friends, your high school friends aren't there, like how on earth, how do you start fresh? How do you make friends? That is our second topic. Um, so we're going to do like relationship stuff. So relationships you have with work, with yourself, with a variety of things. We're going to answer questions, like do advice stuff. I love us three as a dynamic because each of us is so different. Like I said, we all have different opinions. We all have different, um, you know, preferences, likes, dislikes, whatever. So it's really, I mean, we all go together, we all vibe, but I think it's because we're so different. So we're all going to be able to offer different things. And even in the first episode, as I was listening to it back, it's great how like I would say something and Adam would be like, Katie, what the heck? No, <laughs> like that's just not even true. Like, I love how we're not afraid. Like we're the kind of like co-hosts that are not afraid to be like, that is absurd. Here's my opinion. Or like, I see where you're coming from, but like, no, <laughs> like I love listening to podcasts like that where the hosts are not afraid to be like, okay, cool. But like, here's my opinion, because while you're listening, you can kind of decide like who you agree with and like, you can kind of form your opinion from there. So anyway, that is Match Me in Manhattan. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. We're working on getting it everywhere. I've been slammed this week. I've been trying to come up with stuff. Our cover art is my favorite thing. It's this matchbox and it says Match Me in Manhattan on it. I had a gloriously talented friend help me with that. I had this dream and it was another like 2 a.m. email situation where I was like, okay, here's a picture that I got the stock image, like the high res, I bought the image. So we're going to use this image, but I want it to have this face on it, but like not this, like something different. So it's not copyright infringement and use a different, like use this font. Like I was like, basically sent her all the elements, but I'm like, I know you'll be able to accomplish this better than me. And guys, this is a growth moment for me because if you've known me for a while, you know that I have a hard time 
allowing other people to do things that I, you know, feasibly, like it would be feasible for me to do. Like I am a designer. I could have done the cover art myself, but one that's super limiting because then only my my vision is there. Like I love collaborating with other people. Collaborating with my friend Anna who did the art was awesome because we both understand each other, but we have totally different ways of executing things. And I just knew that her execution would be better than mine because she's done things like this in the past. And I would come up with something good, I'm sure, but like I wanted something very specific. And I knew that I, it would take me like four days to do something that she could do in a day. So I let go of the reins. I let her do it with some direction, of course, because if you just expect someone to read your mind without telling them what you want, you're not going to be, you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to get what you want. So she took the reins on that and the cover art is amazing. Now I'm tempted to change the cover art of Thick and Thin again. I'm not going to. I love the art. I'm going to keep it. But um, anyway, it's a fun new project. I got a lot of DMs on Instagram saying, Katie, like, don't you have a million things going on? How can you do this? And I'm like, yes, I do have a million things going on. But this is one of those things that like lights me up inside. I'm so happy about it. I love the collaboration with my friends. My friends are so excited about it. I am so excited to collaborate with someone else on a podcast. It's definitely not a walk in the park. We've had some tech issues. Yesterday, we tried to record something and I don't even know what happened. I tried to use the Zoom, not Zoom the app, Zoom the podcasting microphone um, connector. You like put microphones into it. That's what Gals on the Go uses, Brooke and Danielle, a bunch of other podcasts use this. And I thought that I had it down. Like I tested it before they came over. I was like so ready to go. And then we plug all of our mics in. We record for like 40 minutes. And then I put it in my computer and nothing is there. And I'm like, you are absolutely like kidding me. I said so many curse words. Like I was like just (laughs) shouting expletives at that point because I was so mad. And I, I'm very hard on myself when I am the reason for things to go wrong. So of course I was like very hard on myself in that moment, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be. So we're going to record it again. And usually the second time is a charm. So we're going to try it again, but yeah, tech issues are a given with any new project. It's one of those things where it's just something is bound to go wrong. So (laughs) You just got to know it's going to happen at some point, I guess. Um, Anyway, guys, that was a little 25-ish minute life update with yours truly and random tangents thrown in there. I did not think at the top of the episode I'd be talking about illegal docks built in my neighborhood in Maryland, but here we are. (laughs) Here we are, guys, just random thoughts from yours truly. I want to do more of these episodes where I'm just kind of chatting throwing random stuff at you. Um, I know my podcast like generally is all over the place with like history, psychology, things I care about in that realm, things I find interesting, but also my life. And it's just a hodgepodge. But honestly, I am not one of those people that can have a super structured podcast. I've just realized that. That's just not me. So if you like it, then you can stick around. If you don't like it, we're, there's like a TikTok. Like, if you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> so I do have a story for you guys, obviously, to conclude the episode. I was thinking the other day about this phrase that I use all the time. I find that in a lot of super legit things that I'm doing, like consulting work where I'm looking at statistics and logistics to plan Instagram feeds for clients and things, I always say this phrase, like, look at this, but take it with a grain of salt. And I don't even know where I first heard this phrase or when I first used this phrase. I just feel like it's one of those things that a lot of people say as one of their like, 
in their back pocket phrases, like idioms that they just whip out randomly when they want someone to not take something too seriously. It's like for the cynics of the world that are like, okay, look at this, but don't take it too seriously. Don't take it as Bible, as fact. You know, it's just with a grain of salt. Like consider it, look it over, but don't put all of your eggs in this basket. Don't put all of your attention and consideration into this thing because it could not even be totally legit. Like, I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt has been a phrase I have used for many years and I've never ever considered where it came from. I don't think anyone really has because when I looked it up online, I pieced together, kind of Frankensteined a bunch of little facts I found on it. But historians are also puzzled by this phrase. There's a bunch of uh, theories surrounding why it is what it is, but no one really knows for sure. So I have some theories I'm going to tell you guys today that I just thought were interesting. It's not boring. It's not stuffy. Truly, I was like, okay, this is really food for thought. This is very interesting. So, okay, take this tale with a grain of salt. I will have my sources listed, but who the heck knows where this came from? Because no one was, no one today was alive in ancient Rome, but the phrase was first mentioned in print in ancient Rome. Roman general Pompey found directions for this concoction that this ancient ruler Mithridates the sixth used to become immune to many poisons. So he essentially came up with this potion that would render him indestructible and would not allow him to become, you know, poisoned by potential things that were poisonous. <laughs> so Mithridates famously ingested small doses of poison to build up his immunity. But according to ancient accounts, he would combine this small dose of poison with a bunch of other ingredients as well. So like dried nuts, figs, leaves, etc. And everything would be minced together and taken like daily with one key ingredient. And I'm assuming you can guess what that is, a grain of salt, adito salis grano. So he would take it, take the potion with a grain of salt. The grain of salt wasn't to ward off the poison necessarily. It wasn't the most important piece to the puzzle. It's a literal tiny grain of salt, but it's in there. And the larger potion was the real truth, the real thing that would pack a punch, the salt being kind of like an afterthought. Still doesn't fully explain the concept of take it with a grain of salt, though. Some say that maybe it came from people feeling poison to be less scary now that they had this mysterious antidote or way to fend off death from poison, aka you can take poison threats with a grain of salt because they're no longer like going to kill you necessarily. But historians think the reason that we think of the phrase as take it with a grain of salt for you know skeptics is because ancient people just didn't fully get it, okay? And they misconstrued the concept so many times over that it just stuck with this like new meaning. I guess it's how modern trends are born as, you know, additionally as well. So people took adding a grain of salt to this mystery potion more figuratively than literally, as in be skeptical about this concoction of nuts, figs, and leaves, since no one is totally sure that it will prevent you from being poisoned and you might actually die. Like you might accidentally not take enough or whatever, and you might actually poison yourself, okay, trying to come up with an antidote. So, you know, be skeptical kind of. It was kind of like this game of telephone, I guess, as many things are. Other historians have a theory that it had to do with language and people getting words and meanings a bit confused, which happens. The Latin word sal means both salt and wit. Therefore, 
the Latin phrase cum grano salis could be translated to either with a grain of salt or with a grain of wit. Salt, wit, basically the same thing. So somehow this gave way to the phrase of skeptics, take it with a grain of salt. So likely untrue, but we're going to semi-accept it anyway. (laughs) Take it with a grain of salt. Have you ever wondered? Um, No one really knows. So (laughs) take everything you read with a grain of salt. Take everyone's lives with a grain of salt as well. That's kind of what I've been thinking of recently. Like everything you see on social media, everyone's perfect lives. Take it with a grain of salt because you don't know half of it. Anyway, so that is it, guys, for my episode, my rambly, cute little update grain of salt, (laughs) hodgepodge of things. Hope you all enjoyed listening to me ramble and I will talk to you all next Thursday. Bye.